0: Um, hey, everybody. We're joined here with uh, Nazli Disman. Um, Nazli's um, giving a presentation at ASCO about CBM-588. Um, it's a drug which alters the microbiome. It's been given in a randomized phase two trial, just published in Nature Medicine um, with ipinivo, uh, with or without ipinivo. We showed a progression-free survival advantage in a small group of patients. And now there's some biomarker work being presented at, uh, at ASCO-GU. Uh, with some Asco. updated analysis. ASCO, I'm sorry. Of course, it is G <laughs> section of ASCO. <laughs> it's the gene <laughs> section of ASCO. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right, it's ASCO. Um, so, um, Nancy do you want to introduce yourself and just talk a bit about what it shows?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Nancy Disman. I am an at Yale School of Medicine. I have done uh, research with Dr. Monty Paul at City of Hope uh, prior to joining Yale, and I am going to be presenting uh, one of our uh, studies with Dr. Paul at ASCO. Um, yeah, did you want me to start with the- details
2: of the-, the bit CBM? Bit. You go, Brian, you go. I was gonna say, maybe just remind the audience of the clinical data, the setup of the trial and the top line clinical results, and then we'll dive into the ASCO data.
0: And maybe a bit about awesome. how the drug might work as well. That might be helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, in that study, uh, we have enrolled patients with metastatic renal cell carcinoma, uh, although them were treatment naive and had clear cell and or sarcomatoid histology. Um, patients um, were randomized into either receiving nivolumab ipilimumab alone or nivolumab ipilimumab with CBM-588. Uh, that study enrolled uh, stool sample and blood sample in week 12. And our primary endpoint was the change in the bacterium species from baseline to week 12 across arms. We also looked at clinical outcomes and gut microbiome outcomes and cytokine data across time points. Um, the study did not actually meet its uh, primary endpoint of increasing the bifidobacterium species in CBM588 arm. But we observed an increase in bifidobacterium species in patients who responded to nivolumab, iplumab, CBM-588, which was interesting. Uh, we have seen some striking clinical um, outcomes uh, when we looked at the clinical data. Um, the progression-free survival with nivolumab, ipilimumab, and CBM-588 was 12.7 months, and it was 2.5 months nivolumab and ipilimumab arm. The response rate to treatment was 58% in nivolumab, ipilimumab and CBM arm versus 20% with standard of care We've also seen some interesting data in terms of the evolution of the gut microbiome function and the changes in cytokine levels from baseline to week 12. Um, so so, oh,
0: so Nasi, yes. before we get there, just try, describe to people how the drug works.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, CBM-588 is a strain of Clostridium bitricum. It, is, um, it has been widely used as a supplementary uh, product in Japan for hundreds of years. It has shown um, improvement in murine um, models with colitis, in colitis. And um, the idea is that the, the Clostridium uh vitricum species would pass through the colon and produce a lot of short-chain fatty acids, which would uh, increase the short-term fatty acid levels in uh, circulation of the person taking it. Plus it would be a good um, source of food for other good bacteria in um, gut lumen. So that's how it actually modulates the gut microbiome.
2: So Nazi the the theory is that via this gut microbiome regulation or modification, then the immunotherapy uh, would affect the clinical outcome to immunotherapy. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. We we know that there are several different species that are enhancing the outcomes with immunotherapies. And there are several others that are decreasing the outcome with immunotherapies. So the idea is that CBM588 would increase the amount of the good bacteria, such as bifidobacterium
0: uh nasli one could argue the control arm of your trial with only a handful of patients performed less well than you would expect response rates for ipinevo in in 214 was 40 percent, pfs 10 months or nine months your results Mm -hmm. were were inferior to that is there a reason for that or do you just think the 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 control arm was underperformed because had the study arm gone against the standard results of 214 it probably wouldn't have been a positive trial is that a fair comment
1: yeah i think it's it's a very reasonable argument um the study was not designed by any ways to assess the clinical outcomes it was an exploratory endpoint in the protocol um the the reason why we used randomized two to one randomization was based on the statistician decision and to be able to identify a significant um, identify a cohort size that would allow us um, see whether uh, cbm 588 increases uh, bifidobacterium species or not so I think it's a fair argument that uh, we wouldn't be able to draw conclusions based on the clinical outcomes here but um, they would allow us uh, generate hypotheses for future studies I believe
0: and the captain markovs do look incredibly impressive for PFS um, they look spectacular yeah. Could you just talk a bit about what you showed? Because you said you missed the primary endpoint of the biomarker analysis. Mm -hmm. Could you just give us a run through of the biomarker analysis of what we know up to now in the Nature Medicine paper, and then what you're extending in ASCO? Yeah. Uh,
1: So in the Nature Medicine paper, uh, we looked at gut microbiome composition itself. We first looked at um, gut microbiome diversity, which has been shown to be associated with outcomes in patients treated with immunotherapies and different cancer types. Uh, with cbm 58 it did not change, which is actually a good thing because um, you always uh, wanna make sure that whatever product we give, as like, whatever live bacteria product we give doesn't deteriorate diversity, doesn't really domina- dominate the gut microbiome. So it did not decrease the gut microbiome, so it didn't dominate it. Um, we looked at species, specific species and their change from baseline to week 12 in all patient samples and across arms and in regard to response we found several different species changing but we didn't see a bifidobacterium increase in overall cohort of patients who received cbm5a day but the patients who received cbm5a day and responded to treatment uh, were found to have an increase in their bifidobacterium species so there may be some confounder or effect modifier within this cohort which helps cbm a do its expected, uh, like function um, in the patients who responded to treatment.
2: And then and we Nazely, went that, and
1: that looked that w- at the. Oh.
2: I was just going to ask that wasn't true in Sorry. just the that wasn't true in just the ipi arm, correct?
1: Yeah, it, it did not change at all in the ipi arm. Um, Bifidobacterium itself did not change in ipi arm. And uh, then we looked at the function of the gut microbiome from baseline to week 12. Uh, In the CBM group, we saw that the the genes that are associated with short chain fatty acid consumption have uh, decreased from, increased from baseline to week 12, which kind of in line with uh, what we would expect from CBM 588. We've also seen a decrease in uh, resistant uh, Clinically pathogenic E. coli species function in patients who received CBM5882, which may suggest uh, that CBM588 can help uh, help overcome the dysbiosis in those patients uh, as well. Then we looked at the cytokine levels uh, from uh, baseline to week twelve and saw that several cytokines have increased from baseline to week twelve, uh, especially. Uh, the, the chemokines uh, were the ones that increased. And the, the, there was not much change in uh, uh, different cytokine levels in the up and ipilimumab arm. Um, so, this is what we uh, published in the paper. Uh, at ASCO, now we are looking at our data from a different angle. We analyzed the abundances of antibiotic resistant genes, resistance genes. So as we know from several investigations that antibiotic use may cause a dysbiosis in gut microbiome, and also may um, decrease the outcomes, worsen the outcomes with immunotherapies. So what we've done in this study is that we looked at those stool samples, we collected in a nature medicine paper study, and um, we um, used, publicly available large uh, resistome database uh, to run these samples and identify the abundances of different antibiotic resistance genes. Uh, When we look at the overall abundance of antibiotic resistance genes, the abundance has decreased from baseline to week 12 in patients who received CBM-588. This decrease was more prominent in patients who responded to treatment.
2: And as um, a, these are in, genes in the stool samples, correct?
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah. These are the genes of the bacteria. Yeah. Um, so um, then we looked at like, different um, microbial resistance genes, clinically significant to our like, daily practice. Uh, we've seen that resistance genes to metronidazole, clindamycin, vancomycin, trimetoprim, doxycycline, fosfomycin all of those antibiotics that we usually use in like patients with infections, um, their resistance genes have decreased from baseline to V12 in the NivoEP CBM arm, whereas in the NivoEP arm, there was no change in the uh, abundance of these uh, antibiotic resistance genes. So this is my data that, and Natalie, was there an Alaska. imbalance?
0: Was there an imbalance in antibiotic use between the two arms in the trial? And was there a yeah. did antibiotic use affect the frequency of antibiotic resistant genes in the bacteria?
1: Yeah. So um, we actually did not um, exclude patients who received antibiotics prior to study initiation. So we after we have the data we went back and retrospectively looked at patients' previous antibiotic use and we identified three patients who received antibiotics within the past two weeks of uh, treatment initiation. Um, We do not have uh, their antibiotic resistance genes data in particular for each of those patients, but I know that those three patients actually had a partial response Oh. Uh, one of them was in Nivo-EP arm, and then the two of them were in Nivo-EP-CBM arm. So
0: these were patients who had antibiotics prior to going into the study, and they responded, mm-hmm. but why don't you have their stool samples?
1: We do have the stool samples. We have just not uh, done the analysis, not looked at the antibiotic resistance genes in those particular patients. We just analyzed yeah. the whole data that we have.
0: Oh, okay. So, But you that's a, that's, that's a great
1: idea that we been talking about too
0: oh, i'm not sure that's true i'm not um so look
1: uh so the, actually the
0: methodology is you combine all the samples together and you look at the samples in one go you don't do them individually is that
1: right yeah i mean uh, so we have the uh, raw data from each sample yes and so these are paired uh payer tests that are used uh, yes. to compare the abundances of uh, antibiotic resistance genes. Um, but we, we do the analysis at one time. So. And Nazely, what's the hypothesis? i sure if I understood.
2: I was going to mm-hmm. ask about the hypothesis for why mechanistic antibiotic clinical outcome. Right? Because you saw yeah, it with so- the CBM arm. And so what's the direct link between that and clinical
1: yeah. effect, yeah, I'm afraid that there is no direct link right now. Uh, as far as we know from the other studies too, what we know is that there is dysbiosis and a change in the abundances of um, certain bacterial species and diversity with the use of antibiotics, um, and both of them are associated with antibiotic um, associated with resistance to antibiotics. So. I think there is no direct link right now, but there is some clinical data in patients who received CBM-588 uh, in Japan in non-small cell lung cancer, looking at the response of patterns uh, in, in regard to previous antibiotic use or not. And it was reported that the patients who received uh, antibiotics than CBM-588 had actually better outcomes Uh, than patients uh, who received antibiotics and received immunotherapy without CBM-588. So this is one clinical data that also supports that, you know, CBM-588 might be affected in a clinical setting that is like there is a high chance that there is a dysbiosis caused by antibiotics. But to my knowledge, uh, there's no data linking those two.
0: Uh, so, Natalie, my last question on this issue. So what you're saying is that, actually, um, we we know that antibiotic use prior to therapy doesn't seem to have a huge impact on outcome, although um, to to either arm, well, we've got responders in both arms the tiny numbers, but we know antibiotic use in previous trials has had a major impact. There's some lung cancer data and some other studies suggesting that perioperative antibiotic use... Or actually, antibiotic use during the trial may have an impact on outcome. But what you haven't yet done is you haven't let yet linked the antibiotic use with the with the subsequent stool samples. Is that is that right?
1: Yes, that's true. We only have three patients who received antibiotics, um, but yeah, that's as you said is a great idea to look at what the well the change in the evolution and the microbial like dysbiosis, pull us into by um, resistome change uh, in these specific patient population and see um, if there's any any like feature that links two of them, um, and now, that see, can be a good idea. But yeah, I... we all... mm. Sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, my last question is about what? clinically… Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, go,
0: go, go. Oh, I was going
2: to say, my my last question is, like, clinically, what's happening? You have this randomized phase two, some interesting clinical signal, albeit small numbers, some translational data. Are You know, are, are, these are, mm-hmm. things are very difficult to study, these natural products. What are you aware? What's, what's What are the plans for these agents? Tom, you may know as well or have talked to Monty about uh, it. Yeah, Dr. Powell's...
1: Um...
0: Um, so I think, well, ideally, yeah. wouldn't it be nice to do a big randomised trial and see what happens?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I think you've what got a I'm ran- there's too. a positive
0: randomised phase two. I don't think it's a particularly dangerous product to add on to standard of care ipinivo. And wouldn't it be nice to? Uh, wouldn't it be nice to, to to do something along those lines, and also put some of the translational research into this, understand more about the microbiome because it does sound to me like. And in fact, there were that during with your nature medicine publication, there were two other nature medicine Mm -hmm. publications in the same edition of the journal with equally provocative Mm -hmm. results. There's something probably there, Brian. And, you know, it would be quite an easy intervention. We've tried with OX40 and 41 bb and all these second generation of immune therapies without much success. And it's possible that actually a different type of intervention with a microbiome might be the next way or an effective way of pushing survival in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I agree. An advantage to like all other like um, fecal microbiota transplant studies that have been extremely promising in the past few years, uh, this intervention appears to be relatively safer. In our experience, our patients were able to use it with almost hundred uh, percent compliance and without any side effects.
0: I'm keen to avoid fecal transplants in my life personally. Brian, what do you think about that?
2: (laughs) I'm I'm not going to answer that. Yeah, no, I agree. It's interesting to move forward. I was just wondering if there were concrete plans or or sort of what's going on, or if there are other similar products perhaps, you know, if there's something magical about this product or are there other, is it a whole spectrum of products?
1: I think there are several products. I believe this is the only one with clostridium bitrichum. There are a few other products with there are some other products um, that are they contain 10 15 different bacterial species um but all of them are in phase one setting so not, that is not much data available now
0: yeah. uh, sounds yeah, like an area so we need
1: to do
2: some work on it sounds like it's really exciting
1: totally agree yeah um, exactly i totally Brian, are we agree. good
2: to go we've we got any further questions no, this is great. And as we congrats on the, the presentation and the Nature Medicine publication. I and mean, we look forward to seeing more data. We look forward to seeing you, you soon, so Naze.
1: Yeah, it was great. Thanks so much for thank having you, me.
2: Bye sure, bye. sure, thank you. Bye-bye.